0: Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Daf I hope you enjoy. Bottom of Lamit and Aleph. Amar of the son of Raviloi, said, in explaining this pasuk. Bad, 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 bad. Rashi explains, Arbos Siv. Four times as the Pasik say Bad Bilvisha's big day shakris wearing the vestments of the Kahuna in the morning, the Mima Dahavi Bad Bad Hamuvhar Bibad. The Pasik says Kisones Bad Kodesh Yilbash Umehn Sebad Yuabasaro the tunic of linen. Sancti- is sanctified he shall wear and the trousers out of also linen, you abasar on his flesh, Uva Avnate Bad Yagor, and with the linen belt he shall gird himself, with Bad Yitznov, and with the linen hat. Big de shame they are all sanctified garments and he shall bathe his, his flesh in water and don these garments four times the Posik says bad Rashi explains that this is to highlight not just any bad but the most choice type of linen the top of the we have a kasha in Yeheskel, it's actually a series of pesukim. If you look in the, the Torah or Hasholim. the pasuk says, in Yeheskel Memdalit Yud Tes, referring to the Kinygados service, Vilovshu so beGodim Acherim, Viloyikhatshu Es HaAm In the afternoon, he wears different garments to not. Sanctify, literally, the nation. Let's see, Rashi. This is a question. Mesefe, Kassim Berishavah Hada Garcinon Tani Rev Shmuel. Mesefe, V'lovshu b'Godim Achairim. Lo Garcinon V'Karvo, Ela Shel La'am. Tehu Kra Lo Gabi Shirus Ksiv. Ela Gabi b'Godim. Sha'och Lo Behen. V'lo Afshaluk Mebiyam Ekipurim. Ela. Mehai Krah Mosiv, but say some el hechotzer hachit son of Gomer, the ekalukme biomekipurim. The siv la elmine, Vahaya bivom el sharechotzer of Nimis, loyal alem tsemer, ho vada biomekipurim. So it's clear from the context of these Psukim In Yaheskel, we are talking about the coin godl wearing the garments on Yom Kippur. And he's not allowed to be wearing wool garments. Other days of the year, so the coin wears, Kohen wears the Me'il, which is made out of T'cheles, which is from wool. They also have T'cheles. So the, the Me'il, outer garment, and the breastplate and the garments that are worn for the regular service outside of Yom Kippur have t'cheles, which by definition have wool. The verses continue. When leaving the outer courtyard, they remove their garments and wear other garments. And the initial question, we're asking meisve that our initial understanding is that the bad, it says four times that they're wearing bad, 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 the muvchar the choicest of linen. And over here, the have is, they and in conclusion, when they come back in the afternoon, we'll wear other linen garments, not the first garments. This is halacha mosh Misinai, and Yicheskel gives us some textual support for this Halach Misinai. That when the final step outside of the service, so the, the bigodim the garments that are sanctified should not be worn when they're intermingling with the nation. My love. So these other linen garments, when the pasuk says, V'lovshu begodim achirim," are they not more chashuv, more important, of better, finer quality than the original ones? That's the implication. V'lovshu b'gadim explains to Elav if they're not better why would the navi Haskal say Achirim, other ones just say he's going to wear other garments so he's if we're addressing this switch wearing other garments it's implicit that there are other garments because he was wearing something before right clearly he's changing if we're talking about him wearing garments the fact that it says Achirim, Lamodim miltav achirim, demashma yedom means they are distinguished, not like the first ones. So the initial understanding is that they are more chasuv and more uh, of, a, of a higher, more fine caliber. How does that fit with the drasha we said before that the big day bad that were worn? Had to be of the finest muvkar so shabebad. The Gemara answers, Lo, achir Achir means different, distinct, but it doesn't mean better. In this case, it actually means inferior. Rash explains, Lo mehen fi shavod rishon because the original service is more significant. peres, it achieves atonement. The second service with a switch of new big day bad, new linen garments, it does not have the same value. The purpose, is to clear the place. It's not a covet for the Mikdash to have these things still there. So this is clean up. up is not kapara. It's it's something that has to be done. It's not as glamorous. It's not as khashuv. So the begadim are also not as khashuv. The fikar shina khasuv begadim, the fachos. It doesn't just say he got dressed to tell you a new time that he's getting dressed, but acherim to tell you that they are distinct, unlike our initial understanding, that acherim would be telling you they're more khashuvin. No, acherim is telling you that there's a bit of a downgrade. Tani, ravhuna bar yehuda. V'amri'la, Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda. Ta'p'ai, Rav Huna, the son of Yehuda. And some say, Rav Shmuel, the son of Yehuda. Ahar she'kolsa, avodas After the conclusion of the public service, ko'en she'osas alo imo, kisones lov'sha. V'ovod ba'avodas yachid. A kohen whose mother prepared for him, wove for him a tunic, is allowed to wear it and do a service. Not every service. The public service must be done with a standard big day kahuna, but a private service. On condition, there's a stipulation here, he must give over the ownership of these garments that his mother wove for him to the tzibur. The vessels used in the service must all be in the bailus, the ownership of the tzibur, so he can't be wearing his own private garb. So although his mother made it for him, it fits him, it's wonderful, it has to be owned by the tzibur. Let's see Rashi what is the private service the removal of a spoon and fire pan it's not necessary for the tzibor he has a side issue he's got it removed to clear out the place so it's not as we said the vodah of kapara but it just needs to be done that's why it's called private service of an individual, because it's not something that intrinsically needs to happen. It's just a practicality. You can't just leave things there, leave things around in the Beis HaMikdash. It's not okay. So it must be removed. This he could do with his own private garments that his mother made for him, as long as he gives them over the ownership of these garments to the Tsibor. Gumara Sakasha, this is obvious. Mao de Temo what would I have thought to the contrary? Necho Shem Oloim Srona Kemashmola I would have thought Here is the Chiddush I would have thought that these garments Were woven by his mother They're very dear to him He likes them a lot And he'll say that he's giving it over to the community The second another coin might come to pull it off the rack He's going to smack him and say Get your hands off my, my tunic." So if he's not going to be Moser yofe, Fully With full heart so this is not really in the full bilos of the tzibur. It's kind of gray market zone. So this is a potential problem, but the chiddush is we're not concerned about that. So there is a, an element of chiddush here. It's not pshita. We are we are not concerned that he won't be moser Yaffe yafe. It is necessary, so he's going to do it. Rashi, b'vachim <laughs> serano letzibur te sof sof car ni be enai vanisha mate vor zia mikra mikra pashetnaan mas nisan kur it it be it talis lovon michalo a casually be gavard delot nan hasam vachim sen lob sibor so as long as it's given over to the Tsibur, rashi says even though it's just something that has to be done. It is still considered to a degree a requisite for the communal offering, so it must be fully given over. Meaning, if it would really, truly be a private thing, then maybe we wouldn't be worried, right? If it's not given over fully. this is obvious. to Since he said so, he said he's giving it over to the tzibor. So. It works. What's the what's the problem? It's a problem about having That he needs to give it over well, and he said it, but he didn't really mean it. A k'mashmal, that's not an issue. Amru love al Rabbi Shmuel ben Fabi. They said about Rabbi Shmuel ben Fabi, who's was one of the Quran Gdolim. She also k'sonis His mother made him a tunic, valued at a hundred money, very fancy, snazzy set of clothes. And he wore it. And he used it to do the service of the Yochid, which, as we said, was the removal of the kaf and the marta, the spoon and the firepan. And he gave it over to the Tzibor. became the property of the congregation. Allah Ben they said about Rablazer Ben Kharsum, whose mother made him a tunic made from 2000 so he had a super super fancy Rashi says 2000 money 2000 money so this is way more fancy than what Rabbi Shmoab ben Favi had from his mother, only a hundred money. This is 2,000 money. But this is already getting a bit esoteric. His brother's did not let him wear it. Here you have the emperor's new clothes. It says, this clothing is so fancy that they said, come on, you can't wear this. You look naked. So even though it was very fancy it was it was so fancy that it was problematic Seymour so asks, could he really be seen? Could it could it be?" The strands have to be uh, intertwined, a, a double thread of six threads. So, what's the problem? You should have the ability to to be clothed what's the problem why should why should he be like the emperor's new clothes and not appear clothed what's the problem Amrabaye am Bimazgo. Ravshi says omar Mar should be the kuna she shall come on speaks about it later <speaking> in alphabet is keham of is giving an answer it's like wine in a glass like wine that is visible from the outside outside of a glass vessel even though there is thickness to the glass you can still see the wine through the glass so too this type of linen is made in a a very fine way Mutzav, it was filled with light. Vneir of sorrow and therefore, because it was such a fine fabric. So, and it absorbed so much light. So, yes, there was fabric there, but you could see the part of of uh, his flesh through the fabric. That's what happens when you. Get a set of clothing that's that expensive. You can actually see his, his flesh from the, on the other side of this very fancy linnet. So therefore, technically he was clothed, and technically it would be kosher to do the service, interestingly enough, but his brothers didn't let him wear it. They said, You can't wear such a garment. We, we don't find that they're saying that it's not a kisui. We find that they're saying you can't do this, but, but not that it doesn't have a shame it. Just lo anichu. Echav They didn't let. Ton ve Ani rasha The sages taught, a poor person, a rich person, and a wicked person. They come to judgment. This is a question they asked him. Why didn't you toil to understand the tarot? If he answers, oh, I got that one covered. I was poor. And I was busy making a living. You know, poor people have to panhandle too. It takes time, and what's he gonna do? You want him to learn, also. Let's see Rashi. Lo so ani omerim kilomer im bo bezdin shel malo lechai vanim aideh hilol. I didn't write it. see that later. So omerim lo klum ani hayisa yosme The Answer the excuse that he has given, that he couldn't learn Torah because he was poor, is not accepted. An invalid answer. Why? They're gonna say you weren't more poor than Hillel. Amrulav al Hillel is said about Hillel the Elder, he would work every day, he would have some meager earnings half of his earnings he would pay for tuition to get into the base Medrish. to have his pass he spent half of his income the other half was for his sustenance and for the sustenance of his household so this is a remarkable thing you could ask what do you mean? He wants to spend half in the base Medrash? Talmud Torah is a mitzvah saseh. And G'monok Suba says that Ali don't spend more than, a 20, uh, than, than 20%. twenty Don't spend more than 20% or 25%, however you count the Chomish. But here he's spending 50%. What right does Hillel Hazaken have to spend half of his income on the mitzvah of Talmud Torah How's he allowed to do that? So He must have learned about it, found some hat there, right? Chutz talks about it. L'chero, the pshad is, is that that's not the chashivas of a mitzvah. It's not tefillin, which is also a chosh of a mitzvah. It's not like a pratistika mitzvah, a, an individual mitzvah that we say, okay, if it's going to cost you more than a chomesh for the lul of an esrog, so skip it. The Mitzvah of Kihim Chayenu. That's our life. So for life, you have to spend. He couldn't say, oh, it costs me more than Chomish to, to get food, so I don't have to get food. Right? <laughs> he has to spend whatever it takes. He has to live. So he has to spend whatever it takes. He has to live. One time, he was out of work. Velo <laughs> Shomer, and he was blocked, his pass was expired, and he's told by the bouncer, get out. Although he went up to the roof at a skylight over there. And he sat there, put his head, his ear to the skylight, so he could follow what was going on from the outside. Divrei to hear the words of the living God Me from the mouth of shmain in Italian. What they were saying in the base basement. Amru Osayom Er Ere Shabbos Hay. said this day was on a Friday. Utkufas Tavis Haysa, it was pretty cold. Vjardel of Shaleg Min and it started snowing on him. Kesha Ola Amra when dawn came. Amar lo Shmaya, the Italian, Shmaya said to Abtalian, Abtalian, Achi, my brother of Italian, yom, Yom, Abaisme. Every day there's a lot of light in the base madrash. Today it's dark. Shema yomam i Maybe it's a very cloudy day. It's it's and they looked up, Viro, and they saw, Demus Adam Barubo. There's the outline of a human form on top of the skylight. The plot thickened. Although they went up, umotsu, a love, rom, sholosh, amos, shelik. They found a height of three amos, three cubits of snow, on top of him. Pakuhu, they removed him, had to dig him out of there. Verchitzuhu, and they had to wash him. Veseichu, and they anointed him. Voshivu, kenegra madura, and they, Warmed him up next to the hearth. Amru roy They said, "Asasor mensh hila lazokin." It's appropriate to be machalav shabbos for him. That's what they had to do over here, picoch But for him, it's it's roy, right? For and what for other picoch nefesh not? It's an interesting thing. It's mashma that every picoch nefesh is Safik Maybe they'll be like Hilalazakin. Or come from him like Hilazakin. Hilazakin, he himself, Basher Usham, it's Roy right to be Muchashab's for him. not Safik nefesh. So nobody can say they were poorer than Hilalazakin to excuse themselves from not being Osik and Talmudar. What about the rich person? Omnamoh He's confronted with this very daunting question Why didn't you toil in Torah? Eam Omer, Asher Ayisi, pulls out an answer, has a statement ready I was rich. I was very busy with my properties and my assets. It takes time. You certainly weren't richer than Rabbi Lazar. They said about Rabbi Lazar and lo aviv, his father left over, bequeathed to him. And he was the one, by the way, that his mother made the 2,000 ribo mon, uh, uh, money garment, the emperor's new clothing. So his father left over to him. Eleph ayoros, a thousand cities, be'abosh on the dry land; connect an eleph sfinos bayom, corresponding to them, a thousand ships in the ocean. B'chol And every day, you take Nod shel kemach uh, container of flour on his shoulder and go from city to city, from country to country, or region to region, or Tolerantaro. Pamachas, Matsu Avadav, once his servants found him, Vasubo and guy. And they conscripted him. Said get to work. Amalahan, Vivakosh Said, I'd like to have an exemption. Please let me be so I can go learn Torah. By the life of al we're not going to let you. They didn't recognize him. He was you know, senior management all the way at the top. So they didn't know that he was really the boss. And they said, Nothing doing. you got to get to work. The Hagosfetion brings. He paid them off. He bribed them. gave them a lot of money that they should let him be. Funny thing, he didn't say he's the boss. He just, just said here, I'll cover, I'll cover for today. <laughs> I want to go learn Torah. And then the money went back to him. No, it's for them. They got. They have to do the work, whatever it was. Make up for. You know, the extra energies that he's not going to do. And he never went to actually see all these cities and ships that he owned. He would sit and shvitzed, work to understand the Torah all day and all night. He was Pasha too busy. So nobody is richer than him that can say that they didn't have time because of all their Im- immense wealth to devote themselves to Talmud Tarot. He did it other people could do it also. Russia, what about the wicked person? lo ibn Mahmood asked "Say, Mr. Russia, why didn't you work in Tarot? What's your problem?" Im amar no If he says you know, God made me so handsome, and I was very busy with my yitzhar, so time's long term. Don't let it get to your head. Who do you think you are? You're more handsome than Yosef etzadik. Et Amr about Yosef Sadik and they said about Yosef Sadik. Every day, Aisha's potifar, the wife of his master, would try and entice him with words. She kept changing her wardrobe. What she wore in the morning, she would switch and wear something else in the evening. She kept on trying to get his attention. She said, Hear me out. Except me. Amar lo, lav, Amar lo, reini. He said no. Lav. Nothing doing. Amar lo, reini. Now, she's threatening him. She's the mistress of the house. If you're not interested, so then I will lock you up. Amar lo, Hashem matei He said, don't worry. I have, even greater than the master of the household, is the master of the universe. And God is the one who releases the bound. So you can threaten me to lock me up, but God releases the bound. She threatened him. I will bend your stature, meaning she threatened to break his back. Something to that effect. Pretty serious. He said, I'm not concerned. Hashem, God straightens the bent. He's not being intimidated by her threats. She threatened to blind him. He answered back, Right? What a way to to try and get his attention. So he said, God heals the blind to be able to see. And he is not threatened. He is not afraid of her. And her claim of power over him, he says, it is a mirage. So she offered him a thousand talents of silver to be amenable to her desires, and he said nothing doing. What does it mean? What she. Wanted Lishkov etzla belamaze, lios imar If She was interested in being with him for the long haul in this world and the next world. Nimtza Hillel Machayr Sanim comes out that Hillel is a paragon of how to be Osik betera in spite of poverty. Rabbi Lezzar ben Charsom and Rabbi Lazar ben Charsom is the one that the wealthy should measure themselves by. Yosef ben Rashaim. Yosef at Tzadik is a source of accountability. He was able to stand up to the pressure. The Rasha should be able to stand up to the pressure. Don't cave in. Let's see Rashi. There's a rationale to find guilty and responsible based on the successes of these other people. It's not a good excuse. Too poor, too rich. Too handsome, not excuses. Tarpik, Selamadina Shuh the amount of money that Hillel earned daily was half a dinner. Katmafurish Piksubis. Perku, they removed Hillel from the skylight. Masui, Masui they removed the accumulation of snow that was. Covering him up. They conscripted him to work for the master of the city. It was really his own work. They didn't recognize him. And they thought he was one of the people who dwelled and lived in the city, one of the cities owned by Rebazah ben Kharsan. As residents, they had to pitch in and pay this service tax. They thought he was required. Mish l'oso, mifata also, eshus pati'far would entice him. Gifts em tagaminon, arei sh'tad. Yesh'tal. She loved, she loved, She worked for him to try and entice him. All the different garments. Just to look back on this Maiso Yosef, there's a little bit further background what happened. Gemarni Sota Medvav and Medveh, speaks it out. And it says that the height of this challenge was at a point that Aishas Potiphar, found a, a way to be isolated with Yosef at Sadig. Right, see the Gurem the great challenge of Yehud. And tasub Bibigdo, she grabbed him by his garment. Bosa Dukna At that moment, Yosef had Siyat he saw the image of his father appearing to him at the window. Amalo, And this image of his father, ya- Yaakov, said to him, Yosef, In the future, your brothers will all have their names written on the stones of the ephod, the kongadol, wearing this big day, and as of now you are among them. Ritzoncha, shimcha, shimcha, maybe Is your will that your name should be erased from among them? Vitikra roezonos, and instead have a different title attached to yourself. Be called roezonos, on pastures, the harlots. Delsit, as is written, v'reezonos, yaved Hom. Pasek says in Mishli that the one who pastures the harlots will lose wealth. So this is what Yosef saw when confronted with this challenge. Mead Toshiv then he was Zohar to the blessing that Yaakov gives Yosef at the end of his life. Atesha be'esam kashtam. He's able to strengthen himself to not succumb to this temptation. So, l'chara agish lahakshos. Why of all the things that shall Avi could say to him is this the selling point for him to rise to the challenge. This woman is a married woman. She's din are liable for ish Forget about this fancy special true you know, glory. Just say, are you interested in Saif? You want to be liable to capital punishment for a relationship with a married woman? Are you crazy? Why didn't he say that? He comes on to something else. A very a thing. You want to lose this Milo. Do You want to not be, have your, have your name written on the a Would you rather have a different title? Rezonas, yeah, but home. Okay, it's a plea. So the Ramamin Hilchasmolochim, Perk Yud Halakhabez, says, Ben noacho anos lavar achas mimitsvoso mutilal lavar A Noahide who is confronted with a threat to his life, to transgress any one of the commands, it is permitted for him to trans transgress. A few nanasavarazar, even to Commit idolatry. Because Bnei Noach are not required to make a Kiddush Hashem to sanctify God's name with the ultimate sacrifice. So this is not a requirement for them. And it is permitted for them to transgress under such circumstance. So L'Chara, with all of her threats, he can have a status of Ones. He's Ben Noach and it says Mutter. so just tell him you want Saif is not a terrorist he's not going to get Saif he's not at, at risk of capital punishment here the resolve that helps power him through this challenge of seeing Dukno, shall all the image of his father Yaakov is about losing this Milo and not going to be Chayv That's not the Medover. There's the Ones over here. He could say, what did you want from me? I, I was under duress. She was threatening me. I was allowed to. And you would be right about that. But you don't get a... You're not going to have your name put on the eifod for such a thing. You get a different title for that. Motor, yes. But, you know, this is not to get the COVID of being put among the Shvatim, shifte yushurun on the eifod. So So, for that, he was... Given this extra, he had to be misgaber, and not succumb to her temptation. Continuing at the Mishnah. Bolo etzel Paro. The Konglado comes to his power. He has a private bull that he brings. Paro hay Omet Bena Ulam V'la And his bull was standing between the Ulam and the Mizbeakh so just to try and get a sense of orientation of what we're talking about you have the Azorah which incorporates the temple compound you have the Kodesh and Kodesh Kedoshim, let's view those, even though it's not central in a literal sense, but as the focal point, the Kodesh Kedoshim, towards the west, moving further east, you have the Kodesh, and then moving further east is the Ulam, the so Ulam is a hall between the Kodesh, then there's Sha'ar Ulam, and then after that, further to the east is the Mizbeach, is the copper altar, and then beyond that, you have Ezra's Kohanim. Further to the east is Ezra's Sisra. Beyond that, further to the east at the edge of the Azorah, you have Ezra's Noshim. So where is this Kohen standing? He has his par. Standing between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. Between this hall that is just to the east of the Kodesh and to the west, of the Mizbeakh. Rosho Lidarom, its head was facing on the south side of the north-south axis upon of Lamarov, and the head was turned to be facing the west. So it's standing on the north-south axis with the head turned to be on the east-west axis. The Cohen Omid ba and the Cohen was standing east of this bowl. So that puts him closer to the altar with his back to the altar. Upon of and his face was facing towards the Kodesh, Kodesh Kodashim, to the west with So yadov love, and he would Place both of his hands on it, on the bull, umizvade, and issue the vidui, the confession. Kach hayo This is how he would do the vidui. ono shame avisi poshati chatosi lefonero sinned, transgressed, er, different madrigs of hate, of sin, not just personally, ani, ubeisi, and my household, on our ka'per, no, he's beseeching God to please atone, lavonos, v'shaim, v'chatoim, shavisi shabbat, shafashati v'sha-tasi, lefonecho, all of these transgressions that I have done before you on you basically me and my household. moshe is written in the Torah of your servant Moshe for on this day you shall have atonement. Basic says Alechem on you Lataraschem, Mikol to Purify you from all of your sins. before God you shall be purified. The and achrov, and the Kohanim around him would respond. That was the Vidui that the Kohen Gadol would make on his power on behalf of himself and his household. Let's see the Gemara, Tap of Lam above Aman Man ulam mizbeach, Who is the one that is presenting this opinion that the area between the ulam and the mizbeach has a status of tsafon? It's called in the north. Let's see, Rashi, korit tsafon, the shritas kodesh doshim, for the purpose of the mitzvah shritav of the slaughter of the offering it must be done in the north the north side of the misbeh so fish him so king pesach hahecha utzafun ben ulam misbeh na masnisun para hay omen ben ulam misbeh to nine perik del kamon should vidui short it says later in the perik my malcham that at the place where the vidui is given this confession that the Kohen Golo makes at that same location is where the shrita takes place where the slaughter of this bull takes place So he does everything there all in the same location he does the Smiho he's got the Vidui he does the shrita and he also does the Kabbalah he receives the blood and the Mizrak all in the same location so, by definition, this location has have, must have the status of Tzaphon HaMizbeach. It must be considered the north side of the altar, otherwise, it would be possible. So, who is the one that says this is included? This location between the Ulam and the Mizbeach is called north of the Mizbeach. That is Rabbi Loza, Rabbi Shemini, in accordance with the Brice that was taught. Ezu Tzaphon, what is called the north side? Of the mizbeach, as we said, for the purpose of shritah, of kachekachem it need to be shechted, b'tzofon a mizbeach, mikir shal mizbeach, From the eastern, I'm sorry, the northern wall of the altar. So, if you look at the altar, the mizbeach nachoshes, where the sacrificial parts were consumed. So it's slightly off-center and the northern side of it is the north of the Mizbeach. This is the obvious straightforward location. The So if you would draw a line from one end of the mizbech to the other end of the Mizbeach on the north side and carry those two lines all the way out to the wall of the Azara, so then that is called the north side of the Mizbeh. Anywhere in that range is a good location for Shrita, for the, the sacrifice to be slaughtered. Kneged, Komizbeh, Kulo, Tzaufun, Dire Rabbiosi, Rabbi Hudo. So it's, this opinion is a, is a narrow range of Tzafon, what's called Tzafon, the opinion of Rabbi Yosi Reb Yudon, Rabbi who we suggested might be who our mission is going like, he is most of, he adds, he says that, that alone is not the extent of what's called the north side of the altar, where the slaughter can take place. He expands it, also, not just directly due north from the, the northern side of the altar all the way to the edge of the northern wall, perimeter of the Azara. But he says also you extend to the Ulam, between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. So he's, he's going also towards the Marov. He's extending north to include the northern side of the Mizbeach, not just directly strictly from the edge of the altar straight across, but also at a diagonal or moving towards the west on the corresponding to the northern side of the Mizbeh. So you have more area moving from Mizbeh to the west, towards the Kodesh, right, by the Ulam area, that is also, according to him, included in Saflam. It is, after all, in the northern vicinity. So that would seem to be the opinion that our mission is working with. Rebbe Mosif Af Mokum Drisus says even more than that. Not only moving to the west, but moving to the east. It says same Vart, same idea, but just going in the other direction. So moving towards the east of the altar, but still on the north side including ezra's kohanim which is further east in the opposite direction of the ulam or kodesh or kodesh kdoshim moving eastward now you have the ezra's kohanim the af mochum trisas ragl yisrael beyond even ezra's kohanim even to ezra's Israel, even where the Yisraelim are allowed to walk as long as it's on the northern side of mezbah he's extending rebbe is extending even further than rebbe lozer Rebbe shemin he says that's also called Tzfon HaMezbeach, the north side of the altar. Avomina Khalifos Now, moving back towards the west of the temple compound, we saw the Ulam was the area that Reb Shimon included in Tzfon, as long as it is on the Tzfon side of the Mizbeach, the northern side. But the Khalifos, and internally, Hakom Modim Shapasal. Everyone agrees that that is not included in the area that is called Tzfon the northern side of the altar. Let's see, Rashi. Keneged Kol Kulo. The Mizbech itself is 32 cubits. Shikeneged it's Tzfon, Kari And along those full 32 cubits, moving towards the north, will be called the northern side of the mizrah and that narrow sense that's certainly universally accepted that's soften kurr softener schiedes kachak Kachim for the purpose of the slaughter the sacrificial slaughter of kachikachim av shelokan egrimsberg that sad marov that sad mizrah av pe should soften hazara ein und but if it's not actually Directly, along the northern wall of the altar, but moving, spreading, either towards the west or towards the east. The first opinion we had, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Huda, will say: even though, in the perspective of the Azara, you're in the northern area, but it's not the northern side of the Mizbeach for the purposes of Shritah. The Al Mizbeach. It must be along the length of the Mizbeach. Hasik says, where are kachek Kedrashim meant to be slaughtered, along the northern side of the altar. So he doesn't give you the broader area to be considered north, even though it is the northern area, not of the Mizbeach, but he says it's Tzafan it's, Azara, it's not enough. Af bena ulam Mizbeach So Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Bishimin, which we are suggesting is the opinion that our Mishnah follows, he says, even between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, moving, not just in the narrow band of the altar, all the way across to the north, but also moving to the west. Kol helik tsafoni, le marov, also the entire northwest area, mamish, even though it's not in a narrow sense, mamish, corresponding to the Mizbeach, on the north side, it is the northern portion. Shemini misrach lemisbeach. Bach "Here's the change: Shemini misrach lav shmot tzafon misbeach." From the east and towards misbeach, that is not called Sophon misbeach. So he he only goes one directional. He says. Towards the ulam yes, but Ezra Kohanim and Ezra Israel, no. Rabbi mosif Af Kol and Azara, Rabbi says even more, the entire northern area of the Azara. Kohanim, ad shel Azara. So he is moving towards the east. He includes the area that's called north even moving towards the east the northeast area of the Mizbeach northeast is called the northern side of the Mizbeach according to Rebbe but everyone agrees which is moving back towards the Ulam so that's moving the other direction towards the west that everyone agrees is not included even if it is in the general orientation vicinity of the north, it's too far away, it's a problem. Why? Rashi explains, You have an extra 15 amos, 15 cubits, in the northern side, as well as the southern side, that is expanded around the hechal. And that additional area, so it's broken down in Amos broken down into area of five and ten amos, and also, that added area off the ulam is called base hachalifos, the house of Khalifos, Shahi they had twenty four kaby holes one for each Mishmar for each group of Kohanim that would serve in rotation Shesham gonzin sakinin that's where they would store the knives that were used for Shechitas HaKodshim. as we mentioned before all of the vessels used in the service have to be of the Tzibor. where they stored these knives were stored in this location called uh, and a knife is called a in Arabic so this area where they stored the knives was based also the and the added airspace behind this additional area that was extending from the Ulam, going to the Khalifos. So you have this added area that is technically in the north, but it's further back and, and further recessed from where they stored the knives. So this area, the Khalifos and Lifnim, and further recessed from that, is already too far removed from the Mizbeh, it's not actually visible. You can't see the Mizbeach from this area, even though in the broader sense it is in the northern quadrant, if you will, of the Mizbeh. Hashda <laughs> Rabbi Mosif Hulu what's the question? Kaamri. Certainly it's not limited in terms of what Rebbe is being Mosif. Rebbe De Moshev al Tzofon shall Tzab When Rebbi is expanding what's called the northern side of the altar, towards the east, Shumiruchak, Miktushos that is more distant from the sanctity of the Hechal. As Rabbi Yosi, who De Moshev lo. Leslie, Rebbi Lozer lessly, Afshalom came, Ruchak so. It's it's one directional. Rebbe is Mosif, included in the sanctity of the north side, is even as you move away towards the east from the Kedusha of the Kodish, and even more towards the Kodesh Kadashim. If he expands there, so certainly he will agree to expand towards the Ulam, to, towards the west. And on this is what we're trying to say. Kiloma, Havadeb This is Clear and obvious. The Nami is le Certainly the Shita is correct. Rebbe is adding and including towards what's called north, also towards the west. The ka'amre of lemo de The less le the Rebbe the Mashikol of nazar. We're not so certain that the town of Mishnah is going with Rebbe that includes the entire northern area of the Azara If it was going in Shitas Rebbe Who has a very broad view of what's called the northern side of the altar So why does he have to be specifically by the Ulam? Between the, the Mizbeach and the Kodesh on the western side According to Rabbi, he could be anywhere basically as long as on the northern side in the Azar. Nukmei, relitzofoni de chol azora. Beizo makam So that's why we're suggesting that the author of our Mishnah is dafko or bloser bebishmen. Elama rbloser bebishmen. Nukmei ben Kosum is bert sofoni de kosol azorat sofonis. Ashi says the hakule almo ikhtsofon dehmes ber mamish ha everyone agrees that the primary location of Tsafon is directly across from the Misbeh here ahmisbeh mamish elmayre blazer be shimmin she he benukma bem is verklk hozo elma is le galema mar shimgozer so what is the reason even if you say that it's kosher and valid for the whole process to, to stand up the bull and to do the smicha and vidui and the shchita in this location between the ulam and the Mesbeh on the no- northern side of the misbeh, why, why do that? Why not do it in the area that is actually directly on the northern, uh, along the northern side of the altar? So that would be moving further towards the east. Move further towards the east, get away from the ulam area, and go into Tzafon Mamish. the Literally, narrow sense of the word. Why not do that? <speaking in Hebrew> so what is pushing us not to do it in the strict sense of what's called the northern side of the altar is because of the weakness of the Kohen Gadol. Let's see, Rashi, that it shouldn't be hard for him the burden of carrying the, the vessel that holds the blood from a distance we've got a big bowl over here and as soon as he's done the shechita he's going to quickly start being macabre, Kol Adam, all the blood from this bowl and it's going to get heavy and he's going to have to slip it to bring to the altar So, we want him to be in close proximity because it's Yom Kippur, he's fasting, and he's got a lot of work. So, why make him schlep and do a marathon? And a Hanami, it's technically the more proper, ideal north, if it's due north across the northern side of the altar, but it's a closer location, less schleppy, if he can do the Kabbalah and go straight to where he needs to, to put the dam On the Mizbeach So that counts for something too We're concerned about Chul Shadokohen So that's the location, the ideal location The Rebbe Nami Mishim Once you've come on to this explanation So We can say the same thing for Rebbe You don't need to push and say Our Mishnah is only going to, according to Rebbe Laozi It could be That Rebbe would agree because of the concern of cholsha the Cohen. we don't want the Kohen to be overworked, he's exhausted, he was up all night, he's fasting, let him do it in, the, in a location that's easier for him, and even though he gives a very wide range of what's called north, for the same reason that Reb Lazar Shimon puts him in this location, Rebbe would also put him in this location, and the Mishnah could equally fit with Rebbe. Rebbe Nami, says Rashi, Abel Gav, the Chol Azar K'sher on Shelo, Mekav Pesach, even though Rebbe has even an even broader range, the entire northern region of the Azara, still this is the ideal location because of Khul coin, the weakness of the coin. Let's see, Baitra Negamara. Rosho Gemara. of Lamarov. Its head was facing towards the south, and its face was pushed towards the west. Hegemishkachaslo. How do we set this up? Amar-Rav baokimis The way to do it is to stand the cow up, this bull, I should say, up orient it along the north-south axis and tilt its head to be facing towards the west so the tail would be towards the north and the head towards the south but tilting the head to face towards the west as she says why not just stand it up along the west the east-west axis that its tail should be facing the altar and its face facing the heichal towards the kodesh why not just do that Instead of standing along the north-south axis and turning its head to be facing the, the front of its head towards the Heiqa um, Abba says, you're right, that would be a nice thing to do, except, we're concerned Shem'i Abed this is a living beast over here, this is a bull and a bull doesn't have necessarily so much etiquette for standing in this most hallowed location and we don't want it to be relieving itself um, towards the altar So if you stand it the other way, so if it does end up doing that It's relieving itself towards the tzafon It's less offensive It is considered uh, less than ideal A sort of, of uh, gnai to see the base array, let's add Interesting that it's, it's mashmu, it's a visibility of base array. It's in terms of where the glowing fall out, the glowing fall out, where they fall out. That's not the issue. The issue is the gilui of base array, the, the actual place where this excrement would be removed from, that should not be exposed towards the altar and therefore it's better to have the tail facing towards the north and the head facing towards the south therefore the tail is not facing so this is the, the setup that it's facing head Towards the south, and tail towards the north. If it would need to relieve itself and expose that area, it would be exposing not facing the altar, but facing towards the north, which is less offensive. Tonerabonah. Katesad somer. How does smicha take place? How does the, the coin gadol lean on the carbon? Azevachomid safon The offering this live bull over here, standing in the north, Upanov lemarov, and as we said, its face is oriented towards the west, Vasomech omeh bemizrach, and the coin godal, who's doing the smicha, is standing to the east of the animal, between the, so he is between the animal in front of him, and the Mizbeach behind him, Upanov lemarov, and his face also, is oriented, like the animal's face, towards the heichal, towards, and past the Ulam, towards the Kodesh. And he places two hands between the two horns of the offering. As long as there is nothing that is a Chatzitza, no barrier between his body and the offering. So once he's in this pose, Miswada, he does the confession, he does the vidui depending on what it is. al avon if you include So what does this vidui incorporate? So depending on the sin, whether it was a khatas or an asham or for ola He's he's being misvade for the corresponding sin, and if it's a ola, so what sin does he do a vidui for? So the the way this is generic, because we've got different types of offerings. So avon leket for the sin of not giving the agricultural gifts to the poor or allowing them to take it leket not setting it leaving it for them. And different gyrsos, if we're gyrs, maeser ani as well. So just parenthetically, as, as uh, having personally come in contact with bulls, this is quite a scary scenario. I, I'm not sure exactly how they did it, but you have this bull standing here, and he's got to be putting his weight between the horns. This would be a terrifying experience. I'm not sure how they exactly did it, but it is a massive creature with huge, powerful capacities. It, it can do what it wants to do, pretty much. And how you're exactly getting it to, uh, to go along with what you're doing, I'm not sure. I don't know if they, what kind of tricks they, they had. But certainly the, uh, the awe would be palpable to be placing one's weight fully between the horns of this bull I mean, this thing could, you know Flick a person like a fly It's, it's really it's a, it's a remarkable procedure To think about What's going on over here. So That's in this last Nikula Of the vidui For an ola So here we have a disagreement we Mentioned Rabbi Lili Rabbi Kiva says Ain ola ba' ela al ase valosase Ola, an elevation or burnt offering, comes for either negation of a positive command or for the violation of a negative command that has in its wake a positive way of rectifying that violation. That's what Rabbi Kiva holds. So, lekhara like leket sheikham Let's see Rashi. Ketzad Kol Smicha Kodesh. This is in general how does Smicha work. Omid Betsafon. He stands in the north. Shkabche Kodesh sofon. in Safon. The Smicha Tekev. The Smicha Shritah. Right away after the Smicha, right the right they do the Shritah. So it needs to be in the north. Panav Marav The face is oriented towards the west. Bakhurv Midrach And the the upon of the of this, is going on the, the coin, and behind him is the Mizrach and the Mizbeach Ves Omer, the Bailim, the, the owner of this carbon, ome Mizrach, Achur of the Mizrach. So, uh, uh, both of them, the, the animal and the coin, have the back of their head towards the Mizrah, towards the east side, towards the altar. The sin that he's bringing this offering for, if it's a sin of khatas. so he's vade he does a confession for Khatas. He's bringing an elevation offering, so he confesses for the violation, the sin of Leket Shikhan peah, the agricultural gifts that are given to the poor, she'en Bahan vidui. There is no specific vidui. Rashi says this is septa menochus. ani. He removes the girsa we have over here of meiser ani, and the Bach mentions Rashi does not have this girsa. Dehoyeishu vidui. Meiser ani does have a confession. Gamnasativ so there is a vidui. Like Pe'ya do not have vidui. There's no confession by these, the negation of allowing these gifts to be taken by the poor. So that is where the smicha is atoning for the negation of these positive commandments. Let's take a look further at the Gemara. So we saw Rabbi Yossi Aglili. And how he understands what the Ola is machapir for. Avon leket shukhan At least. And either you are or aren't, of course, meiser ani. Kiva Omer, ein Ola ba' Ela al ase, Valose say, shenetak laseh. disagrees. He says this elevation offering is not coming to atone for that, apparently. Rather, it's coming to atone for either Negation of a positive command, or a losa a violation of a negative precept, that has in its wake a positive way to rectify it. But my what are they arguing about? What's this machlokus between Rabbi Yosef Lili and Rabbi Akiva? Let's see Rashi. Rabbi Akiva mer ein olabah the Tosefta explains Rabbi Kiva's reasoning: Alma ola why does the ola come, this elevation offering? Im al and if it comes for sins which entail as punishment spiritual excision or capital punishment, The Torah talks about what the repercussions are. Imal losa say and you want to talk about typical, generic prohibitions they're subject to lashes Ha, So what is Ola coming to atone for? The, this bringing of the elevation offering is an atonement for the negation of a positive command And on negative commands that are not subject to lashes but rather have the subsequent proactive command to rectify them that is what Rashi says. Let's see. Tosus. Al asay vallus lo shenitak lasay. Loyodano amai lo kachoshiv kol lave de lo What about all negative prohibitions that don't take Malchus, don't include Malchus? As we read in Rashi, quoting the Tosefta, explaining Shita Rabbi Akiva. So he says things that have a designated punishment a ramification. So that's not what the Ola comes to take care of. But he only mentions that this Tosefta only mentions a specific type of losase, a negative commandment that is followed up with a positive commandment. Fractisus, what about another type of lav that doesn't have Malkus? If it's a losa say a negative command that does not entail lashes, even if it's not nitaklasse, there's no explicit punishment for it. go. la shabukalos, you want examples? Tosa says I have examples. Lav shabakhalos. There are generic lavin that are biblically prohibited when the pasuk does not have a mashmoos bifratis. So it's can be Nidrash Lakan or Lakan, there are different ways to interpret the verse. It's called Lav So you have a violation, clear violation of the Torah, that is not subject to lashes. As well, Lav Shambamaisa, another type of losase. It's a negative commandment, don't do something, that there's no act involved in the prohibition. So there's no lashes for such a violation. So you have two types of lavin. Tosu says. What about these? Why are they not also included in the kapara, the atonement, achieved by the ola, by this elevation offering? Venerally, Tosa says, I want to suggest, it appears to me, midasif, from that which is written in Vayikra, Aleph, Palsic Dalid. Palsic says, the somach yodo al ha-ola, and he shall place his hands on the head of The elevation offering, and it shall be an atonement for him, to atone for him. Nirtza should be like ritzui. Should be restoration for him, to bring him favor. So Tosu says this mashmos v'nirtza lo. What does that do? Tosas is going out a little bit on a limb and he says What is the mashmos of this Pasek Which teaches us the mitzvah of smicho?" It's talking about a case By saying That he has He finds favor To him That there is some method Some rectification Through other means what is a case Where there's something to do Is when there is a positive command To fix To fix what he did wrong So If the guy's a was He's not sitting in sukkah He's not putting on sukkah You know what? Sit in a sukkah And put on the tfilin. He has what to do he wants to un- undo. Do the mitzvah. Vim other yomo yomain, And if he passed a day or two, then ola mechaber So now, just with the passage of time, he can't go back and fix that. It's already lost. So he can get a kapara, an atonement, through the ola. But in a case where there is ner tzalot, where there is what to do, some way of rectifying it, and achieving favor independent of the Ola. That's when the Ola kicks in. When those, that's no longer available. In a similar vein, what else does the Ola for? What is it going to help this elevation offering? For a negative precept, that has in its wake a method of rectification to do a positive command. There also, v'nir solo memokum find something else to fix the situation, and then you have the opportunity to do smicha for this Ola and get kapara that way. P'chein al chavek misus, al chavek rishus, al chavek lavin, chamurin, aysu mechaperes. Ela sheyish len kapara acheres she'on shen amar. So you have other forms of atonement violations that are more severe that entail either capital punishment or could be including Chayv Mises Bideh shamayim. it's a little bit obscure when he says Chayv Mises what he means but presumably both also a sin that entails spiritual excision and Chayv Lavin, the regular Chayv Lavin, that do have uh, the punishment of lashes, so they are severe, I would think that it should atone, but there is another source of atonement, because the Torah tells us what punishment these things entail, so therefore they are not subject to atonement for, from the smicha and the ola of this elevation offering. But what is between the, the cracks, if you will, falling between the cracks between these two general groups, are the the case in question that Tosis asked of a lav or lav sheein those prohibitions, ain't amar, the Torah does not give specific punishments for those violations, and there's nothing to do. So you don't have this diek, that he has something to achieve ritually independent of the Ola. So, okay, so the, the Ola is not going to atone for those. These cases of Lav, Shabbaklalos, or Lav Shema Maisa, Tosu says, are not subject to atonement from an Ola. Let's continue in the Gemara. My Komiflagi, what are they arguing about? Omar Rav Yermiah. de Nevela They're arguing about the prohibition of Nevela. Nevela is the prohibition to eat from a carcass of Behemachai of that was not slaughter property, it died. Rabbi Kiva says, this is a classic good lav, if you will. Rabbi Yossi Haglili says, this is not a good lav, if you will. They disagree about the parameters of novela, the lav of novela. Let's see how Rashi explains it. T'chsiv, ase acharov. And the Torah, when it tells you to not have what to do with this Nevelo, it says, give it to give it to this stranger in your land, obviously not to a Gerzedek, but it's talking about a ger Toshav, who is allowed to eat Nevelo. So, not only are you not supposed to eat it, but the Torah tells you what yes to do with it. <inaudible> Now she's pointing out this is not in the standard category of a prohibition that has in its wake a positive precept to rectify the sin. He can't follow up with the sin of eating this carcass, this nevela, with giving it to a ger. It's already in his stomach. He can't give it to the ger. The ger Tosha we're talking about so once he's violated the prohibition, there is no ase, there's no follow-up of what to do. So that's not lava nita that's not a prohibition. Don't steal, return what you stole. Right? That's a prohibition followed up by a way to rectify it through doing something positive. This does not fall into that category because after it's eaten, he cannot give it to the gertosha of the resident alien to eat it. Al korach me ikar It must be that this positive injunction give it to the resident alien is talking about from the beginning don't eat this any type of carcass ella that was not checked properly died of natural causes or you know from perhaps unnatural causes but not through titneno, rather ab initio what should you do not how to rectify it, but what should you do? Don't eat it, give it to the ger. Velo sechlua. Don't eat it yourself. Rabbi Kiva lav ma'alyahu. Rabbi is of the opinion that the prohibition of nevelo is a full fledged lav. Velo He says, it gets lashes. Velo, the legate Sheikh Opeya, nami, me mashma. Rabbi Kiva says, that the Avon, Leket Shekham that we mentioned, that Rabbi Yosef Lili says, is atoned for by an elevation offering, Rabbi Kiva says, there, the asay basre me'ikharam Ashma. It's similar to what you're supposed to do. Leave it for the poor to take. V'harikam This is what the verse is saying. leket The Leket, this the non-large groups of your harvest don't gather them together rather you should forsake it leave it over for the poor people to come gather it don't you gather it yourself and there are even lashes so somebody does a maysa of lekita of leket he's the owner of the field not poor, he's doing a violation of the Torah. So Rabbi says he gets Malkus. The o Ola bala. and therefore, it's not going to get atonement from an elevation offering. It's an, it's a regular lav, like Lab de Nivelo. So when the Torah tells you what you should do, just like by nevelo, he says it's not like as uh, the the asay telling you an imperative what to do after the Los because you cannot do that, once you've eaten the nevela, you, you can't follow that up with giving it to the Ger, so to over here. Even though it's not Pehekro, he learns it's in the same vein. It doesn't have to be that way, but that is how Rabbi Kivya is learning, that once the, the tar tells you what to do, it says forsake it, leave this Leket, this straggling pieces for the poor, and you don't gather it, He's saying, you don't gather it is a losase, like not eating nevelo. So, malchus, and no ola. But Rabbi Yossi disagrees. Rabbi Yossi, it's not a full fledged losase that entails malchus, lavda nevelo. Even though he concedes that it's talking about first leaving this. Th- th- these grains from the harvest for the poor to take de since it's r- it's written after the prohibition and so Rabbiosi says the structure tells us that there are no lashes because the, this the way the Torah conveys it Basre. It says the prohibition after what you should do in such a structure it says what to do leave it for them and don't take it so he says that type of directive not to do something is not subject to lashes lo domi lalav dechassimo it's not like the prohibition of muzzling the animal blah, 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 that uh, can can have the elevation offering, the lav the leket shecholpea nami afilo amrinot dasse asei tebasrei meikara Mashma lalokylem. So Rabbi Yosi says no lashes. This is a, a debate that is found by leket shecholpea parallel to machlokas by Nevelo, where the Talmud says a positive and negative. Phraseology, is the prohibition treated as a regular prohibition, subject to lashes, and the corollary of that is that there's no atonement from an elevation offering? Or is this prohibition exempt from lashes, and the corollary being subject to atonement from bringing an elevation offering? Abay Omar, de Kuliyama lav de Novela lav ma'ali havi. Abaya disagrees. He says that's not the debate. What is the machloket between Rabbiosi and Rabbi They don't argue about this point. They say that the prohibition of eating nevelo is subject to lashes. Eating this carcass, it was not kishochtin, is a full fledged lav. Vahocha b'tazov kemiflagi. What do they argue? Only by tazov. Let's see, Rashi. Abaya omedekuli amel lav de nevelo. Tal de basre meikara mashma. The prohibition of nevela, when it says do not eat the carcass, the positive injunction afterwards cannot be sequentially secondary. It cannot fix what was done. If he ate the nevela, he cannot give it to the ger the girtosho. Vilav malkinole. Everyone agrees that in such a case, where it must be that the assay the, the recommendation of the Torah, give it to the Ger Toshav, comes before the possibility of the Losseh. He can't do the Losseh and follow it up with Ase. So that's not a debate. So the Torah tells you to leave over the Leket Shikhan these agricultural gifts after the prohibition saying not to be coats or not to harvest them Rabbi Savar hashta mashma sorry Savar tazov meikara mashma Akiva holds the word tazov leave it over sounds like from the beginning this is what you should do don't that you should leave over this leket shekanpeya for the poor people to come Rabbi Yossi Aglilis says, no, even now, after the fact. Let's see Rashi. Rabbi Yossi Aglilis says, no, even now, after the He's done a violation of what he should not have done. He should have left it and he harvested it. He took these straggling pieces, or the various gifts that should be set aside for the poor, to harvest themselves, he didn't do that. He violated the Torah against the losase. Nitku akosu vlasay. Rabbi Lili says, but the Torah tells you how to fix it. Tivo <speaking> laozvo, <in Hebrew> to forsake it. Shamp laani vlagair, take it, take it out of your bushels, or at least leave leave it if you have it in bushels. Don't take it into your into your silo. Keep it out there for the aniyim and the poor people, and the the ger, to come and take it figar أَيْنْ لَوْكَ نَلَوْ Since there is actually something to be done s- subsequently, consequently, to the violation that is proactive, so Rabbi says that is subject to Asay and, and this is different, it's not parallel to Neveilah Neveilah when the Torah phrases in a positive way you shall give it to the Gertoshav That cannot ever be a rectification But over here it could be a rectification Rabbi Yosef Yaglili says just that It is a rectification Rabbi Kiva, Kiva, Kiva holds that originally Before the person violated the Torah That's when he has the Asay That's what the Torah is talking about Telling you what you should do Rabbi Kiva says That if somebody Transgresses and does harvest the leket shirampea, he gets malchus, and therefore ve'ein olah bolo, he has no atonement from bringing an olah from an elevation offering. Rikivah holds, it's not Nitzah lase, it's it, there's not something to do positively afterwards. To now take this that you harvest and give it to the poor, Rikivah says just malchus for this. So according to Obaye, that is the machlokus. Between Rabbi Yosef Lili and Rabbi Akiva. Let's see, Tosus. Going back to the first Mahalach, right, Rabbi Yermia, what is the machlokus between Rabbi Lili and Rabbi Akiva? They disagree about Nevelo. Says Tosus. At the same price, Tosus says, we could have introduced. The debate about Tre could say that they're arguing about Trefo the lo la says that the flesh of the field that was ripped you shall not eat to the dog you shall cast it, so this is similar to nevelo that says not to eat the carcass but rather give it to the resident alien. Here, it's, it's very parallel. And Tosa says it's so parallel, it could have been used as a different example of their debate. And don't say that everybody agrees that there's no lashes on that prohibition. The, the prohibition of Trefa. Don't say that Trefa could not have been used as the focal point of this debate because it's a lab, because it's a law that incorporates other things is a separate prohibition besides the standard usage of trefa, meaning an animal that was mortally wounded which is prohibited to eat there's another implication that basr kadshim sac- sacrificial meat that was taken outside of its location kodem Another case is also a fetus of a cow or lamb or uh, a sheep or a goat that stuck out one limb and then uh, the animal was shechted. What's the status of this limb? It's also considered chutz so it's like baser kodshim that went out and it has this side identification as traitful and is prohibited. So don't say that these other cases make the lash of trefo lash and therefore not subject to this debate about lashes. The whole treifah, tchisiv behadia lohavilash bechollos. Treifah is not considered a an ambiguous provision. Kine mashma resh ber kolsha, gabinausa, gabina muvusho. I am not going to this. We We are going to be so, Tosus is sticking to his suggestion that the Gemara chose Nevela but could have said Trefa. And what's the, the situation of Navella? Why didn't the Gemara say Trefa? That by the case of Trefa, even Rabbi Yosef does not consider it Nitok. It doesn't have a follow-up of what to do that would make it not subject to lashes because it is not fully undoing what was transgressed in the Prohibition it says Tosus, even though it's not a laugh it's not considered a generic, ambiguous prohibition that is exempt from lashes because the basic interpretation of the Torah is clearly talking about not eating mortally wounded flesh. So it's, that's the primary interpretation. It's not ambiguous. But the assay is limited. We do have other laven, biblical prohibitions that are snuck in to this lotion of what's included in Chudson for or the Ober, the, the fetus, that is included in the terminology of Trefa from this Pasik. but the assay of giving it to the dog, that is limited. You will not say, give the Kadshim to the dog, or that you should dafka give this limb that came out before the Shrita of the mother, before the animal was fully born. You will not say that that is subject to the obligation to give to the dog. It says, giving to the dog is limited to Basubasada Trefa. Only the primary case of the, the los assay and, and therefore it's not called according to Urbiosi, nituk nituk has to be that all the biblical permutations, even if they're subsidiary or secondary must be subject to an assay for it to have the status of lava nituk l'assay. and by the way I did find a safer that did actually have the inclusion of Trefa as the same debate, meaning I have a text that says my question is right. Not only, like Argumar says, Labda Nevela is where Rabbi Lili and Rabbi Kiva argue, but also by Trefa. If you look at the Minchas Chinuch on the say of not eating Trefa, Mitzvah Ein Gimel, he quotes Artaisus, Bumashantosus, He learns that the understanding of the relationship between the losase of, of not eating the mortally wounded animal and the injunction to give it to the dog, that the giving it to a dog actually constitutes a positive command. I know, it says concerning treifa itself the primary part of the verse that's where you have the assay of giving it to the dog but by the secondary interpretations which are by definition secondary do not make the iser a generic ambiguous los ase, los, there are still Uh, There's a primary interpretation, which is talking about the flesh of the mortally wounded animal cannot be eaten. The assay is only in that part of the uh, aspect, the primary part of the Pasek. But there's no assay. In fact, it's also to give the baser kodshim that went chutzlom chitzah, so it's outside of its parameters. You can't give that to a dog. It's prohibited. It's not a mitzvah. But trefa misses says to say, but there is a positive command to give this trefa, this mortally wounded flesh, to the dog. Nonetheless, it's not called glace because it's not universally applied to every aspect of the Losese. Okay in Lafiza over Lavase. So is counting here. Somebody does a violation of the primary violation of the Pasuk He eats Trefa. He eats this meat that was mortally wounded not only does he violate the Los say but he also violates asay, because he didn't give it to the dog and he is positively commanded to give this to the dog He's looking high and low. He says, nobody counts this obligation to give it to the dog, this trefa, as a positive command. Also, in the parallel case of giving from the nevela, the carcass, to the resident alien, I didn't see anybody that count, count that as a mitzvah by itself. As Tosa said, they're quite parallel. Ach be Piet I did find one thing. There is a liturgical poem, ato and the Musaf Yom Echad coming right up tomorrow. Musaf of the first day of Shavuos. Maybe shom inside this piot says trefa that the the wounded, the mortally wounded, should be. Cast to the dog is the implication, and the carcass to be sold, or as we said, given to the to the resident alien. So there is somewhere that is mentioned, this uh, imperative, or these imperatives obliquely. V'cheneriisi bill Also, I saw said Mrs. Cotton in mitzvahish men. He does mention the mitzvah to give. He does mention one mitzvah, but not the other. He says, there is a mitzvah to give the nevela, the carcass, to the resident alien, but to give the mortally wounded flesh to the dog, he doesn't mention that as a mitzvah. He says, I don't really understand why he mentions one, not the other. Al koponim dasa tosus to have mitzvahs ase. says, this, this part of tosus is presenting it as a positive command. Im kein, over a lava ase, um mitzvah a lava l'hashlich. It's bothered that nobody seems to take this obligation to give it to the dog that seriously to count it as a separate mitzvahs ase, positive command. And he bled sarachin on that point.